Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, hi. Good morning, everyone. Welcome along to the show. It is Thursday morning, the 15th of June, 2023. Daniel Pettigrew in the chair once again for another hour all before breakfast, which I'll tell you about in just a second. We are broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 open line number. Or you can send a text anytime you want. 0457 736 and that is all before breakfast with Vossi and James Magnuson this morning. Of course, Brandy in New South Wales, Cab and Pat and Heels for our Queensland listeners along after 6am. Busy hour for us, though, between now and then. We're going to catch up with Chris Perkins in America a bit earlier on than usual in about 15 minutes to get the latest from America. And then Andrew Mentzel, of course, for only, what, one sleep away from the Ashes. Everyone very excited for tomorrow night. Of course, you'll hear it here on SEN as well. Uh, Andrew Mentor Menders from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast will join me in about half an hour and we will break down what is going to happen in uh, not just this Ashes test, uh, but we'll get his prediction as well for the next six or so weeks of cricket with the five test matches as well. So Menders will join me in about half an hour. Plenty of rugby league news around as well. Plenty of other sports news around. So we'll get through as much as we can over the next hour. But want to hear from you, one 300 or 045. 7736736 at 2 past 5. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yes, does your hot water need replacing? Go steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install the ream. Just before we get to the rugby league, we will, as I just said, be talking to Menas shortly. So we are one day away, and tomorrow is always a pretty busy show uh, with Charlie Goodsue with our NRL preview um, and a lot going on. So I want your favourite Ashes moments today. Give me your favourite Ashes moments. Um, and, and look, they don't even have to be your favourite ones. It can just be ones that have stood out on your in your mind. I don't think there's much better things um, in sport, maybe in life, when um, you are able to, and it doesn't really matter if it's the Ashes, if you're into Wimbledon, maybe a football World Cup, an Olympics, when you're up overnight watching sport from the other side of the world, with uh, usually, generally the UK, but can be other parts of the world as well. Really looking forward to the Ashes starting tomorrow night. Uh, as I say, you'll hear it on SCN. So your favourite Ashes moments, those moments that stand out in your mind. I have to say the one that really stand well, there's a lot that stand out in my mind, but a lot of talk this week about the 2005 series, uh, and that was a sensational series. There are a lot of good moments in that, but I'll forever remember watching, I think I'm pretty sure it was the fifth test, uh, day two, day three, uh, maybe even, might have even been day five, um, and it was very close anyway. And I remember Shane Warne, one of our great players of all time, dropping a catch in the slips that might have turned the match in Australia's favour. We know what ended up happening in that series. So that's not my favourite moment. Mitchell Johnson, uh, the 2013, was it, Ashes series here. So your favourite Ashes moments, the standout moments, 
And are you looking forward to the weekend and the next six or seven weeks of cricket? 0457 736 736, our text number, or 1300 0111 70. Your standout, your favourite Ashes moments. And is there much better than staying up all night when you can watching the cricket, watching the Ashes, listening to it on the radio as you'll be able to do here on SEN? 0457 736 736 or 1300-01-1170. And as I say, Menas from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast to join me in around 25 or so minutes. Now, uh, let's get to some of the rugby league news of the day, though. And no surprise here, got officially announced uh, around about 7 o'clock last night that Shane Flanagan will be the Dragons coach for the next three years after formally agreeing to a deal with St. George Illawarra last night. Uh, we know... The board already agreed with it. The two parties struck a deal that will keep the premiership winning coach at the Dragons until at least the end of 2026. Now, Flanagan is expected to remain at the Sea Eagles for the rest of the year while juggling his future commitments with the Dragons, where he must unite a club and a playing group that languishes at the foot of the ladder. So uh, he will return. Of course, he was assistant coach there in 2020, and we know Anthony Griffin was sacked. Last month, Jason Riles, we know, potentially was going to go there, and uh, then he did not. Um, so it looks like Flanagan will be there at the Manly Sea Eagles uh, for at least the rest of the year. Um, Dragons chairman, and, well, definitely the rest of the year, that we had Andrew at Lancaster said, uh, Shane will add value in the role of head coach given the club's deep, talented, and emerging playing roster. We have full faith in Shane's ability as a coach and are looking forward to welcoming him back to the club. Shane is well regarded within the club from his recent roles here, first as an assistant coach, then as a list management consultant. The time he previously spent with the club also gives him a high level of familiarity familiarity with our players, systems and pathways. Uh, there is a fantastic opportunity at the Dragons to build something really special over the next few years. While the Sea Eagles will continue, uh, and that's uh, sorry, so and this is what Flanagan said: there is a fantastic opportunity at the Dragons to build something really special over the next few years. While the Sea Eagles will continue to have my full focus for the rest of the season, I also can't wait to get started back at the Dragons at the end of this season and work on returning the club to the finals where it belongs. Uh, look, we've spoken about this uh, quite a lot over the past few days. I think it's a good decision. It is interesting, and look, I'm not surprised that he is going to be staying at Manly for the rest of the year. Um, do you think, though, and I'd be interested to hear from Manly fans. Look, I'm, I'm sure he'll put 100% into that job for the remainder of the year. Manly definitely in contention for the top eight. Is it a conflict of interest, though? Because no doubt, whilst he is working at Manly, he'll be looking ahead to what he has to do at the Dragons, probably recruitment. And this is not the first time it's happened, and it won't be the last time it's going to happen, where you do have an assisting coach at one club being appointed head coach at another club for next year. Manly fans, are you happy with him staying for the rest of the year? Look, I have no doubt his focus will be there. But if it's not a conflict of interest, it definitely is a distraction. You would imagine anyway. Um, but his full focus on Manly, he says, for the remainder of the season and then to the Dragons. Your thoughts on any of that? 0457 736 736 or 1300-01170. Manly fans, are you happy um, that he's going to be remaining at the club for the rest of the year? The Dra- Dragons fans, would you like to see him start with you ASAP? Obviously, Ryan Carr doing some really good work as interim coach. Uh, that could win over South Sydney last weekend and he'll remain its interim coach for the rest of the year and we'll see if he remains at the club post season 2023. 
But Dragons fans, would you like Flanagan to be there now? And Manly fans, are you happy with him staying? Do you see an issue with it? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Now, this weekend, now obviously a lot of attention on State of Origin, and we will get to that throughout the course of the show. But this weekend, a condensed round of the National Rugby League, and we'll have our full preview with Charlie Goodsir tomorrow morning. Chris Perkins will also give his much-awaited NRL tips in a moment. But Saturday night at 5.30, Parramatta playing Manly. And Brad Arthur, of course, Parramatta coach, will be coaching against his son for, well, definitely the first time in professional rugby league. Um, they sat down for a family dinner on Tuesday night. Um, and Brad Arthur said, I decided to ask him a couple of questions. Uh, and he, oh, sorry, Jacob Arthur said, uh, decided to ask him a couple of questions and didn't really get many responses. I just left it to that. I wasn't going to say any more. So it is interesting. Uh, Arthur spoke with a surprisingly relaxed tone when he felt about coaching against his son. He said, I'm fine with it. It's because we've got a job to do, and I'm actually looking forward to it more than if he was in our team. He's Manly's concern, and my concern is for Parramatta. I'll be there watching the game and just focusing on our team, so I won't even worry about him. Obviously, being his dad, I want him to play well for them, but I'll only be worried about us. If he was playing for us this week, I'd be more on edge than what I am at the moment about it. Why? Because there was always pressure around it. Whereas playing against him, I don't know what the coach has told him. I don't know what they want to do and how they want to play. It just feels different that way. Uh, Ryan Madison has been named for 5-8 for the game for Parramatta against Manly. Of course, uh, Parramatta struggling a little with their depth uh, in terms of their halves position. We know what's happening with Dylan Brown at the moment. Of course, Mitchell Moses playing state of origin. Uh, we've talked about before great sporting families. Can you think of any great sporting family rivalries, though? On or off the field? 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. Now, I wouldn't say Brad Arthur against Jacob Arthur is a huge rivalry, but it is not something you see every week where a coach um, or his son is playing in the different team. So can you think of some great sporting family rivalries? It could be brothers that played against each other. Uh Sisters, uh, and it doesn't just have to be rugby league, it can be any sport. 0457, when I said sisters, there's one obvious one that comes to mind for me, but the great sporting family rivalries 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170, it would still be, uh, I think, an odd situation, wouldn't it, to be coaching against your son? Doesn't matter how close you are, and clearly they are very close. Um, but the great sporting family rivalries uh, from rugby league, from any sport around the world, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. There's a couple that stand out for me. Interested to see if you can uh, nominate any of them. 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. And just before a break, a slightly worrying story on the back page of the Daily Telegraph uh, today uh, in Sydney. Um, and Nick Curiosity certainly divides people, but uh, he's revealed uh, that he was suicidal back in 2019. Uh, now, he's revealed this on uh, the new set of documentaries, of the Netflix documentary Breakpoint, the new set of episodes, which is out on June 21. Um, he said, I was genuinely contemplating if I wanted to commit suicide. I lost at Wimbledon. I woke up and my dad was sitting in the bed, full-blown crying. That was the big wake-up call for me. 
And I was like, okay, I can't keep doing this. I ended up in a psych ward in London to figure out my problems. Uh, Curios's manager, Daniel Horsfall, says the star uh, was, in, was not well and wept while telling him, bro, I don't know what to do. I don't want to be here. Now, this is in episode six of Breakpoint titled Belonging. Uh, so, yeah, uh, obviously glad he's okay. And it just shows you never know uh, what's going on. And he did make his return as well to tennis uh, a couple of days ago. I think it might have been yesterday. He lost his first match, but uh, has urged fans to be patient with him as he looks to get back to Wimbledon, of course, where he made the final last year. Um against Novak Djokovic. So there you go. Uh, just an interesting article on the back page of the Daily Telegraph. So plenty to talk about this morning. 0457 736 736. The Ashes starting tomorrow. Your favourite Ashes moments from either here or over when it's being played in England. Your favourite Ashes moments. Um, and the great sporting family rivalries. So obviously we've done great sporting families before, but what about when they come up against each other? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 and Shane Flanagan to the Dragons. Uh, I'm sure Dragons fans are mostly happy about that. Manly, any issue with him staying there for the rest of the year? The Dragons, would you like him now? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 We'll get to some State of Origin news as well shortly. But on the other side of this, Chris Perkins will join me in America. It is 13 past five. Yes, good to have your company. It's 17 past five. Just having a few issues getting along Chris Perkins on the line. So Andrew Mensel will join me in just a second. We'll talk to Chris after that. Um, and leaning into Andrew, asking you your favourite Ashes moments. Grant says, my favourite Ashes memory is in 1994, finished school. So my best mate and I went to Gabba for schoolies. Uh, Michael Slater. Uh, played a stunning innings, uh, hit a, f- a four off the first ball, and we received an education in many forms, not just the Gabba, but also, also at the pub on the way home. Grant from Aspley. Great text. Uh, Grant, yeah, favourite Ashes moments. We're talking to you about that this morning. Whilst we do that, let's get a preview of the Ashes. Of course, it begins tomorrow night. You'll hear it on SCN. And Andrew Mensel from the Cricket Unfilled po- Podcast is on the line to talk about it all. Now on Tradies News, let's get the latest in cricket. It's Thursday morning, Tradies News in a nutshell. We are now one sleep away. Well, depending, uh, like me, if you get up early, maybe a couple because you might have a nap during the day. But one sleep away from the Ashes series getting underway. I think it is the most exciting Ashes series for a very, very long time. And one man who will get us through it. And I'm sure he is very excited as well as from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. We speak to him regularly. Andrew Mensel, Menas, good morning to you. Good morning, Dan. It is a very exciting time. We'll talk about all of it in a moment. But I asked you last week, what is your level of excitement? Uh, Now we're a day away, uh, almost less than 24 hours away. What's the level of excitement now? Are you going to be up all night? I did notice last week you had a nice collection of lollies and snacks to get you through uh, one of the nights of the World Test Championship. Absolutely. What you need is you need some savoury stuff early and then you need to hit the, the sugary sweets yes. to get you through that last session. So I successfully navigated through the World Test Championship final and the win for Australia there against India has just really um, got me ramped up for this Ashes tour, this Ashes series, because that was a, a great win. And now that we're the World Test Champions, I'd love it if we could just smash England, absolutely rub their nose in it and come home. Glorious winners. 
Yeah, it will be very, very interesting. Now, speaking of winning, uh, the World Test Championship uh, garnered a lot of interest. I still think the Ashes will be at the peak of interest in terms of the general public, but still, I enjoyed uh, flicking between the World Test Championship and the footy last weekend, and well done to Australia on winning the World Test Championship over India. Yeah, it was a fantastic victory, and very good TV ratings, actually, for that match mm. on Channel 7, so that's a real sign that if you can get overseas test matches on free-to-air television, they will do well. But it was just a culmination of two years of fine work by the Australian cricket team. You know, Pat Cummins took over right at the beginning of this World Test Championship cycle when Tim Payne had to resign on the eve of the last Ashes tour. And Cummins came in with, you know, no captaincy experience at the last minute. And he's navigated through two years of Difficult cricket, three subcontinent tours. They found themselves in the final and then they executed and brought home the title. So mm. it's, a, it's a great achievement for him, the team, Andrew McDonald. You know, and I was sort of looking at, you know, I was giving my medals out for who were the, the players from the Australian team in the cycle. So I went bronze medal Nathan Lyon because mm. he took the most wickets for Australia in the two years. I went silver medal Travis Head. Mm. Because I think him coming back in the middle order and being so aggressive has really turned the team around. Just having that counter-attacking punch at five has been such a good thing for this team. And then gold medal, I'm giving Usman Khawaja. Because I think him coming in and stabilising the opening partnership mm. has been crucial to Australia um, going on this successful run. So just a just a great two years, and congratulations to Cummins and McDonald and a whole lot of them. Um, and how much confidence do you think they'll take out of that win against India heading into the Ashes? Do you think that'll give them a lot of confidence? I think it will, but I think less than confidence. It actually just gave them some experience in the conditions, a run out for the bowlers. I think we saw Cummins, Stark were a little bit rusty um, as they got into their spells at points during that match. So the fact that they've got a good run in a high-pressure test match means they hit the ground running at edges, then they'll be in form. So that's probably, along with the confidence, going to do wonders for this series. All right, let's turn you out, attention to the Ashes, of course, begins tomorrow night. You'll hear it all on SEN. The strengths and weaknesses of both teams, obviously, in any sport, there's strengths and weaknesses. Uh, do you think for Australia and England, the strengths outweigh the weaknesses, or do you reckon it's 50-50? Yeah, I think at the moment, you know, when I weigh everything up, I think Australia on paper mm. are the much better equipped side and should win. But as we know, sport's not played on paper. Mm. Um, so that unknown. But for England, their strengths are that all their players have improved since the last, last Ashes. Mm. They've got a very good uh, number three, Ollie Pope, who's averaging almost 50. We haven't seen the best of him against Australia. So he's been a revelation. You've got Ben Duckett at the top of the order. So, you know, he's a good player that's scored a lot of runs in the last couple of years. Then you add in the old favourites of Stokes, Bairstow, Moen Alley's come back. So they have got a long batting order. But I guess, you know, the, the weakness is can that batting order stand up to Cummins, Hazelwood, Stark and Boland and play baseball cricket? And I'm, I'm just not sure they'll be able to do it. Um, but the fact that England are playing aggressive cricket is a strength for them because the England sides, when they go in their shell, that's when they get absolutely steamrolled by Australia. Yeah, well, let's talk about Baz Ball. It's been uh, uh, f uh, brilliant 
thing to for Test cricket. A lot of people uh, loving it. Jared Waitley said on the breakfast show with Vossi and James Magnuson yesterday um, that he can't believe why it hasn't been used before that method of Test cricket. But will it stand up to the Australian bowling attack in an Ashes series? It's probably the most pressure and the biggest test for the baseball. It is, and I think there's real question marks over how it how it goes if England starts to lose. Yes. Like, how quickly do they shift tactics? Mm. How quickly does this stand up to the pressure? Because no offence to the other nations, but when England loses a test match to New Zealand, the ferocity of the media is not the same as if Australia beats them in the first two Ashes tests and Basball blows up in their face. And mm. you, could, you could see a situation where by the end of the Ashes, Stokes and McCullum are out of their jobs and England have been absolutely hammered because it could go that way. England are going to play for results. They they will set targets. They will not play for a draw, mm. and they will bat aggressively. The one good thing about you know this form of cricket, you know, what does it do to Australia? You know, doesn't knock us off our line a bit. Will the sort of pressure that they put on us affect? our bowlers and maybe our batters, the fact that, you know, they could be chasing targets that are being set for them. So there's a lot of unknowns coming into it. And it was interesting. I referenced when we chatted last week about that interview I saw with Ben Stokes with NASA Hussain, and uh, NASA asked him a question along the lines of if it's uh, last a day of the final test and, uh, you know, you could either win or lose the Ashes series, would you still, or if you if it's even, depending on the series result at that point in time, what would you do? And he says, he said, Ben Stokes, he said he wouldn't be changing any of his tactics. I wonder if when push comes to shove, whether he would change tactics, but it's going to be a really interesting one to watch if they do get to that situation. He's a very belligerent character, Ben Stokes, <laughs> and he's been very bullish about his... Um, new method of playing, and he's, mm. he's going to stick with it. He was asked, you know, would you change it at all during the Ashes? And he said, well, what's the point of playing this way for two years, preparing for an Ashes series, and then throwing the book out the window? Mm. Um, so I think they're going to stick to it, and it, it's going to be fun to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to make the series even more interesting than it already would be. Uh, bowling rotation has been in the news for Australia over the past couple of days. Do we think we're going to see, and I imagine the answer will be yes, but do you think we're going to see a bit of this bowling rotation? I think we've got, what, five quicks over there. Do you expect them all to get a run throughout the Ashes series, considering how condensed most of these test matches are, almost back-to-back, -back really? Yeah, I think we will see a bowling rotation. But how much of a rotation? I think it depends a little bit on how long the test matches go. A couple of years ago when we were beating England after, mm. you know, on the third day or the fourth day, you didn't need to rotate the bowlers because they were hardly playing. But if these test matches go into the fifth day, you will definitely see the big four now of Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins and Boland. You would think rotate the three spots and then Michael Nisa would be the fifth quick that might come in and Sean Abbott probably the sixth quick. Um, but I guess the interesting one is Pat Cummins. Being yeah. a captain, he played the World Test Championship. He's a bit of a machine when he gets going. He can play a lot of cricket. And he might be the one that could play all five Ashes tests. But again, let me preface that, preface that. If the match is going to the fifth day, a lot of them, 
then I think we'll see a rotation. And I would imagine a captain of any team in any sport wants to play all five games or all games of every series or season if they're fit. So it would be a hard one for Pat Cummins to step down. I know he might have to due to fitness and give himself a break, but I imagine he'd be going into this Ashes series wanting to play all five games as is natural. Definitely. But I think... Yeah, if you get a little niggle, he'll he'll mm. rest. He won't he won't push it through. The other interesting one for me, probably the, the one of the most vitally important cogs in this team is Cameron Green, mm. and we didn't have him on the last Ashes tour. He's a great bowler, great batter, but where I think he's vitally important is Badsball will attack Nathan Lyon. Mm. They're going to try and hit Lyon out of the ground, and they're going to try and hit him out of the attack. Mm. Now, if we didn't have Cameron Green, that would be a big problem. Because we have that fourth quick, if that does happen, they can just take line out and they've got four quicks to rotate around. And that will mean England can't really play that card against Australia. If we only had three quicks in line, if they knock line out of the attack, that leaves Cummins, the captain, really hamstrung. So Green, to me... He's such a vital player, and I think he could have a monster series. And it's interesting just thinking about Pat Cummins as well. It uh, wasn't that long ago. We, me and you were having a conversation when he was out uh, for different reasons, very sad reasons, uh, for the end of that India uh, series about Steve Smith uh, being very good at captain. So obviously he would come in as captain, uh, one would assume, uh, if Pat Cummins was out uh, being rested for one of the test matches. Uh, just before I get your tip uh, for not just the match starting tomorrow and the series, did get a text yesterday. Uh, yesterday about David Warner, whether he will last the series. Uh, we imagine he'll play in the first game. Do you see him lasting the whole series? Because it has been a big talking point, hasn't it? Uh, right through the Australian summer, just gone, and then through the Indian series as well. Yeah, my gut feeling is he will last the series and he'll score over 350 runs. Oh, you're backing David Warner in. Okay, I've got it on tape. I've got it on tape. I hope you're right. I hope you are right. All right. Uh, firstly, tip for this match. How do you see the first game of the Ashes series going? Well, I'll just wrap it all up for you, Dan. 5-0. Yeah. I've gone 5-0. <laughs> so you, okay. can, you, can just, you, know, you can just extrapolate that along. Right. Um, you know, we're going to win every match. I think the conditions are going to favour us. Every doubt I have about this Australian team, I've got an answer for. For example, you, you mentioned Cummins' captaincy before. I do think he struggles a bit when he's under pressure in the field, but he'll have good um, heads around him. He's struggled a bit, and we still won the Test Championship. So I just think this, this England side, when we leave England, is going to be in a rabble, and I'm really looking forward to it. And that's very unlike you. You don't always have confidence in the Australian no. team, but this time you do. No, and every Ashes series, I realise how much the Poms aggravate me. So, you know, emotion plays into it. They're, they're a really annoying fan base. And I'm just oh, really, we are due to smash them in their backyard. All right. Well, we're looking forward to it. And, of course, the Cricket Unfiltered podcast will be all across the ashes over the next six or seven weeks as well, I'm sure. Yes, we will. And we're doing a live show in Sydney on October that. 14th to celebrate 10 years of podcasting. So it'll be me, Jaleesa and Paul. So if you're in Sydney, come along to the Factory Theatre in October. It's going to be a blast. And I will, uh, when we get close to that time, we will chat about that because I did see that across the weekend. Uh, so we'll definitely give that a plug as we get, get a bit closer to the time. Uh, Menas, enjoy the Ashes series. We'll chat again soon. It's going to be very exciting. Game one beginning tomorrow night. Chat again soon, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Andrew Mentzel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast here on Tradies News in a nutshell. As we preview the Ashes getting underway tomorrow night.
And you will hear it all on SCN tomorrow night. Coverage on the SCN network from 7pm Australian Eastern Standard Time tomorrow night. We'll look more on that tomorrow as uh, well. He predicted a 5-0 clean sweep for Australia. I'm not entirely sure I agree with that. Uh, so on the back of that, what is your prediction for this year's Ashes series? How do you think it's going to go? Now, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. I think it's going to be quite close. Asking you your favourite Ashes memories. Uh, this one from the Oval Trim. And hi, Dan. I think I mentioned these two for one of your topics previously, but are worth mentioning again. The Steve War 100 at the SCG in 2003, definitely more memorable because I was at the match. I have a story of someone that I know that was at that match that left with about two or three overs to go. Real, didn't think he was going to get there, left, regretted it for the rest of his life. Uh, the second was during the 74-75 Ashes series. My childhood hero, Doug Walters, hooking Bob Willis for six on the last ball of the day at the Wacker um, to not only bring up his 100, but also to score that 100 in a session. That from the Yeovil Treeman. Also asking you, because on Saturday night, Pen, uh, Parramatta played Manly, uh, Brad Arthur coaching against his son, Jacob Arthur, for the first time. So the great family sporting rivalries, uh, the, not the great sporting families. They may be great sporting families, but when they've come up against each other. Uh, Chookman says, hi, Dan. I always thought there was rivalry between the War Brothers. Mark replaced Steve in the test team and vice versa. Yes, true. Jared's call, Jared Waitley's call, the first ball in the last dash was gold. A bold him first ball. That from the Chookman. Thank you very much for that. Keep those texts coming in. Your great sporting family rivalries. Um, brothers, father, son, sisters, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Your favourite Ashes memories? And how do you think the Ashes is going to go? What's your prediction? Do you agree with Menace 5-0? I don't, but what do you think? 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. And the great news is we have made contact with Chris Perkins. Everything is working and we'll chat to him on the other side of this. It is 26 minutes to six. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. Just a couple of quick texts before we get to Chris Perkins. This one from Wardy007. Don't worry about your mate who left before Steve Walk got his hundred. Uh, his own brother left, did he? I didn't realise that. Uh, Left early too, as he had to get to the Harold Park trots before the first race. Cheers. Thank you, uh, Wardy007. And this one from Walnuts. We're talking great sporting family rivalries. Jacob Arthur up against Brad Arthur this weekend on Saturday night in the NRL. Um, this one from Walnuts. Uh, great family sporting rivalries. I thought this would be mentioned at some point. Uh, Matthew and Andrew Johns in the SEN studio. Cheers, Walnuts. Yes, hasn't that been making uh, headlines? Keep those texts coming in. Thank you, Walnuts. 0457 or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Your favourite Ashes memories? Menas believes it's going to be five nil to Australia. Do you agree with that? Do you have another prediction? And also the great sporting family rivalries of all time when they've come up against each other. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA. And the great man, Chris Perkins, is on the line. We've kept people waiting, but you're here now. Morning to you, Chris. Well, good morning. I'll give you a quick answer. Greatest family sporting mm. rivalry. I'll give you the Sutter Brothers from the National Hockey League. Back in the 80s and early 90s, a St. Louis-Chicago game, uh, a game involving two blood rivals to begin with, it was basically a Sutter family reunion because – on the St. Louis side, you had Brian, Ron, and Rich. On the Chicago side, you had Brent and Daryl. 
Mm. Uh, against each other. So it, it was like a Sutter family reunion, and, and as hockey games typically do, and, you know, sibling rivalries uh, sometimes do, uh, punches were thrown. Oh, that Often. would mm, okay. Between the brothers. Yeah, well, that that is the truth. Another one that uh, I was going to nominate to you just before we get to your topics is the Williams sisters. Uh, um, and they... I saw some documentary. Yeah. I saw some uh, interview with one of them. I think it was Serena the other week. Yeah, that that was always uh, obviously Serena having one more, but always a great rivalry in tennis. What two of the best tennis players of all time? Yeah, and you know Venus being the older sister, almost being overshadowed by her kid sister, and you know it could it could bring out a little sibling rivalry. But those two, those two on the court, especially center court Wimbledon uh, for a final. Uh, always something you had to watch. Yep, 100%. All right, let's get to your topics. And, of course, we'll finish off in about five or six minutes with your NRL tips. But firstly, the NHL, the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, yeah, the our winter sports mm. seasons have officially ended as of last night. Uh, your champions in the National Hockey League, the Vegas Golden Knights, for the first time, they're, they're long-suffering fans, as I roll my eyes saying that, <laughs> finally get to taste success after six long, hard years of existence for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they they uh, polax. It's the only way you can describe it. The Florida Panthers last night, 9-3. to three. The nine goals most in a Stanley Cup closeout game. The six-goal differential, I believe, the second largest in a closeout game. Uh, Mark Stone, the captain of Vegas, had a hat trick last night. First Stanley Cup final hat trick for anybody since Peter Forsberg did it for the Colorado Avalanche in game two of the 96 final against the Florida Panthers, interestingly enough. Uh, and the, the closeout hat trick for Mark Stone, closeout game hat trick, first one of those in a Stanley Cup final closeout game since Babe Dye did it for the Toronto St. Patrick's 101 years ago in 1922. So a a whole lot of history being made last night. So uh, the Golden Knights, uh, congratulations to them. It was like the Panthers just kind of ran out of gas. They had Mm. a great run through the playoffs. They beat Boston, the historically great Boston Bruins, uh, beat them in the first round, beat Toronto, beat Carolina, but came up against the machine out in Vegas and just couldn't get it done. Played a couple of close games, won one game in Florida, but the three games out in Vegas were just blowouts for the Golden Knights. So uh, they are our first-time champions. Mm. Uh, they skated the cup last night, and it was it was a great party out in Vegas, a great Ooh, party. Oh, I can imagine that. With. I can imagine it was a very big party. The NBA also wrapped up a couple of days ago as well. Yeah, Nikola Jokic, the yes. finals MVP, Denver Nuggets, first time. Uh, NBA champions after 47 years in the NBA. Uh, they actually, though, not their first championship because they won the final ABA championship, the Old American Basketball Association, in 1976. The league folded after that season. The Denver Nuggets were one of four teams that got folded into the NBA but had never made the finals before this year. They won it now and, you know, beat the uh, Miami Heat in five games, 94-89 Monday night in game five of that series. Uh, It was, was, to say the least, a rock fight. Mm. Shooting wasn't great, but the defense, the physicality was off the charts Monday night. But uh, the uh, 
the Nuggets get the job done, and Jokic again, Finals MVP. Not bad for a guy picked 41st in the 2014 draft. So inconsequential was his his draft pick. Uh, he was drafted actually during a Taco Bell commercial on ESPN during oh. the draft. That's how we first found out Nikola Jokic was going to be drafted by the Denver Nuggets. And for this is through SCN 1170 AM, we did play some clips of him in Breakfast with Vossi and James Magison uh, yesterday morning. Interesting character, I think, to say uh, the least. Look, I know you've got an update on the stadium, uh, on, on uh, the A Stadium. I've also got a question for you uh, from one of our listeners, and I want to get through your NRL tips. So uh, I might just get uh, the latest on the US Open Golf, which, of course, uh, begins uh, very soon. Yeah, starts tomorrow at mm. the L.A. Country Club. First PGA Tour event at the L.A. Country Club since 1940. And the first uh, U.S. Open in Los Angeles in like 75 years. Uh, it's going to be, it will be a course that's going to humble some of the greatest golfers in the world. The U.S. Open always does that. Mm. The USGA always sets the course up to be diabolical. This one is borderline evil. Uh, there are two holes. The, the seventh hole is a par three 284 yards. The 11th is a 290-yard par 3. Mm. How do you That's... play a 290-yard par 3? <laughs> uh, the rough is... Uh, the U.S. That'd Open rough good. has a reputation. Mm. Uh, the rough this year is Bermuda grass, which is thick and gnarly and nasty, and you don't want to get stuck in it because you may need a search party <laughs> to get out of it. Going That's to be... how thick this stuff is. Yeah, go... uh, it'll be a fun tournament, though, to watch. Yeah, and going to be interesting to hear how it all unfolds when we speak again on Monday. Just before we get to your NRL tips, Andy B's on the text says, uh, do... well, actually, there's a couple of questions for you. This one, firstly, uh, do does the USA get much cricket coverage? Just quickly, Chris. Uh, not much. Uh, we do have Major League Cricket that starts next month. Like a two-and-a-half-week tournament, uh, six teams involved playing a round-robin uh, before a champion is determined. But they're uh, doing this tournament. They're splitting it between two sites, uh, one in Texas, one in North Carolina, a purpose-built stadium actually being constructed in, in the Dallas suburbs for, for those part of this tournament. So cricket is starting to take off very slowly. Uh, we do have access to it. ESPN Plus carries it. We actually have a 24-7 cricket channel on some cable systems over here called Willow. So we, we do get, get access to cricket. I would love to see this T20 tournament next month get a, get a lot of mm. play, get a lot of yeah. buzz and get a lot of interest generated leading into the T20 World Cup next year. Yes, I remember we were talking about that a while back. I look forward to talking to you more about that when that gets underway next month. Now, uh, NRL tips. Uh, we'll be doing this uh, every week for the past six or seven weeks. Uh, you got four for eight last week, so not too bad. A more extensive preview than this very quick 90-second segment tomorrow morning with Charlie Goodson. But let's go through it. Get dense round, of course. Uh, this probably doesn't mean too much to you, but no origin players playing. It kicks off tomorrow night. Cowboys, Panthers, North Queensland Cowboys, Penrith Panthers. Who are you tipping? Yeah, I'm taking Penrith in that one. You're going to take Penrith even though without the Lord of the Stars? Okay, interesting. Uh, now, Saturday, Newcastle Knights, Sydney Roosters. Yeah, I got Sydney. Are you going to go for the Roosters? Okay, expect them to bounce back. Uh, 5.30 p.m., the Parramatta Eels or the Manly Sea Eagles. Uh, I got Parramatta in that one. You're going to go Para, okay. 7.30 p.m. is West Tigers up against the Melbourne Storm. 
Now, I went west last week, and they let me down. I am not betting against Melbourne. All right, you're going to go... Give me Melbourne. You're going to go Melbourne. And just the one game on the Sunday, Cronulla Sharks up against the Canterbury Bulldogs. Yeah, I'm taking Cronulla. And uh, I, I just for, for full disclosure, I'm actually betting my tips this week. I got a free bet from uh, one of our one of our uh, sports books over here. So took the two bucks, put it on a five-way multi. All right. On, on my tips this week. That, it doesn't pay that well. It only pays like 11, 11 something mm-hmm. well, for the five legs. Yeah. So mm-hmm. better than nothing if I win them. See how you go. And of course, gamble responsibly. So Penrith, Roosters, Parramatta, Melbourne, yeah. Cronulla. Very quickly, I've got 30 seconds. Peach has said on the text, has Chris got a Twitter handle? I, I do. At Trucky Chris. At Trucky is my name. Chris. That is my Twitter handle. And. Yeah, P-R-U-C-K-I-E, Chris. Trucky, Chris. All right. Uh, good. Uh, thank you. Peach might start following you. Doesn't follow me, but might follow you. I don't think they follow me. All anyway, right. uh, thank you, Chris. I, I could use some more followers. I have like two dozen. Thanks. Uh, well, have a good day. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's, that's a good start. We'll try and get you some more. Trucky, Chris. We'll try and get you to 30 or something. Thank you, Chris. We'll speak on Monday. Sounds good. Have a good weekend. Chris Perkins in America. We will chat with him again on Monday, 0457 736 736, our text number, or 1300 01 1170. We'll take a break, come back and wrap things up. It's approaching 10 to 6. Uh, New South Wales Chiefs advisor Greg Alexander has revealed why the Blues are weighing up relegating Damien Cook and elevating Cowboys tackling machine Reese Robson from the bench to the starting side as the visitors plan to absorb the ferocious early exchanges of Origin at Suncorp Stadium. Now, Cowboys coach Todd Payton says a Robson will eat up the pressure of Origin. Uh, with the North Queensland number nine, number nine having averaged a staggering 44 tackles uh, per game this season. Incredibly, and I wasn't aware of this, Robson has not missed a single second of NRL action this season, playing uh, 1,125 minutes across 14 games. Uh, and Brandy has said there is a chance of Robson starting and Cook coming off the bench uh, about 20 minutes into the game. Uh, Brandy said Reese's defence is one of the aspects of his games that sees him in the side, apart from his great service out of dummy half and his ability to run the ball. So we'll see what happens with that. A couple of tech to finish things off uh, here. This one from uh, the Kingswood World are very good. Good morning, Dan. Uh, when I think of father-son rivalries, no greater comes to mind than Wayne Bennett and Darius Boyd. Thank you, Kingswood Welder. Uh, Michael says, hey, Dan, Ash's memory, watching Terry Alderman hoop it around corners and destroying the Poms in 1989 on a small black and white TV in my bedroom late at night. Yes, uh, great, great memories. And Oren Park Oracle is still excited about the City treble. Come on, City, still kicking on from the treble win, Dan. Thank you, Oren at Park Oracle. Thank you for your company today. Patton Hills coming up in Queensland. Vossi and James Magnus will be joined by Tara Russian ahead of the Socceroos against Argentina tonight. Brandy and Michael Carianis. I'll catch you tomorrow for the final one of the week from 5am News Then Breakfast.